point is there's there are possibilities out there when you go to a conservatory you can you can pay attention to to latin okay <laughs> and welcome to rough around the hedges podcast i'm kaylin we're not starting right now oh that was for nothing i need my corn dog <laughs> welcome to rough around the hedges podcast i'm kaylin i'm adam and i'm christine Thanks for joining us today. Today we are going to talk about selling plants. And I guess buying plants. Yeah. Two sides to that coin. Yeah, I think we should like think of it also from the perspective of people that don't want to sell plants or like have no interest in getting involved in selling plants because I think most people listening to this podcast have probably bought at least had had the experience of buying a plant. Well, I mean, if they're plant parents, I would hope they've gotten that far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that's not to say is it not possible to be a plant parent without purchasing something. Mm. It's possible. I know it is. But um yeah. So let's try to like so yeah, let's try to like come at it from that angle too as like a buyer and a seller. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Cool. So it sounds like you guys have been since I left for Peru and before that. You guys have been maybe a little more active in the plant selling. We have been selling. hustling. You guys have been hustling. <laughs> I officially sold my most expensive plant today. Oh, congrats! I know. Clap, 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 clap. I I sold a um, elbow plant. I like finally got up around to. I chopped up my elbow a while ago. It's been growing out, and I've had like I had five growth points in deciding which ones I was going to hold on to, and how many growth points did I want on my mother plant. All it's a that. hard choice. Yep. So the other night, Caitlin was like talking me through it and talking me off the ledge of like what to do. And Christine was like, "I'm going to list it for twenty five dollars," and I'm like, "No." The, the 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 super low variegated ones I did, but then I had this one stinking nice growth point. I was like, "I'm not going to." Do you, a pot of three. I decided I'm going to do a pot of two. So what am I going to do with this? Were you saying you were going to start at 100? I think I was saying 125. And I was like, at least, you know, because you were nervous about 125. Because I was like, for sure, 125, maybe even 150. And then I went on Marketplace just to see, like, locally what's selling. And this one lady had a couple plants that didn't look as good as yours for more than you wanted to ask for. And I was like, well, then you could definitely sell this for $200. Christine's just like, no. And that, that was just too ballsy for me. That no, was a touch too ballsy. I absolutely told you to give it to me and I'll do it. Because yes. I have the balls for that. So you sold a Monstera Elbow Propagation? Three leaf. It's a, it was a, pl- it's a plant. It was a growing rooted plant. Yeah. Okay. Um, in Lekka. So I, I handed it off bare root because that's what the buyer requested. Sure. Um, but it was a three leaf plant. For one fifty, really nice variegation. Nice, really great Which, I mean, stem. I guess it's still a steel, but we're in this weird transition of elbows where they're not going for nearly as much as they used to. Yeah, and, it's not two fifty. So people are selling. Cutting. I I felt super ballsy trying to ask for like two hundred, two fifty for it. Yeah. Which I know, like two years ago, I would have gotten that and easy. more. You could have got five hundred dollars for yeah. that. But because I was selling cuttings for one seventy five, and if they had been better, very, bleh, words. Better variegated, it would have been two fifty and known. But now that I've done it once, I'm I'm gonna be a little more, you know, I guess lax about it. Like that's always the first time that I'm like, ah, how dare I ask of something like yeah. right. so this? Something I put my time and energy into. Right. If I was gonna sell my croton, I'd have to sell it for one hundred and fifty dollars because of how much time and energy I put into it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, just find like I feel like that is at the crux of what I've wanted to cover in this segment was like the mental game of selling mm-hmm. plants. Because for me, that's the main thing of it. It's like, 
this plant is worth a lot more to me than what I have to sell it for if I want to sell it. Mm -hmm. Because because it's not going to sell otherwise. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to sit there and I'm going to like I'm going to feel like I'm losing street cred (laughs) in some way. And because it's just sitting there and I obviously didn't think through what I what I listed it at. So, but I also, you can lose it by selling something too cheap too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you feel like you ripped yourself off. So it's like. There are people in the plant group. Like if you are in any of the local plant groups, they have, you know, buy, sell, trade. And you can sell stuff. A lot of people just want to get rid of it. And so they mm-hmm. list it for super cheap. So yeah. you can find some sweet deals on there. Yeah. And I think that's why we should discuss like different platforms at mm-hmm. some point. Because selling for sale for selling things and why on a facebook group where people are just trying to get rid of plants they don't want you can find insane deals and things that are way cheaper than a platform like etsy or like a sad little sun bleach upi for 20 bucks yeah i mean and that's its own conversation too is like refurb plants and rehabs and purges and what does it mean to make a purge and like Mm. we all just kind of use this umbrella term of purge when it's mm. we're really I not I, hate I don't yeah. use that word but okay. I, at least we don't but you, you you see it thrown around purge yeah. time Every, everyone uses it and they're selling stuff it. for everyone full price. i felt yeah. rebellious when i called um, called it a plant sale on facebook when i was getting ready to sell plants on right. facebook and that's fine i i that's just fun. had a cutting sale on facebook i'm proud of gasp you. yeah yeah i don't know but i guess that's just like another word that I'm just like, I don't, that's not like a nice thing. Cause when you, when you say purge, it makes it sound like you just have this glut of plants that you don't really care about. That's kind of the way I, or I like think you're paring down your collection. Yeah. You're purging. I was going to say that's probably the, the one time I have used the word. And I don't think I used it. It was my freebie auction a few weeks ago or months a few ago. Weeks at this, ago? A few months ago at this point. Mm-hmm. It was before you went to Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I put purge in that, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not what I ended up using. But that was my thing, right? I was deciding I'm going to allocations and Hoyas. I am purging, purging. Yeah. a lot of the stuff that I no longer enjoy growing. Sure. But then at, at that was a freebie auction, which is a whole other. Um, so a freebie auction is basically I list the plants that I'm trying to get rid of. The first person to comment, this was on Facebook specifically, sold. the first person to comment sold, will get that plant for free. Unless another person comes in, and that's when the bidding starts, and that usually starts at one dollar, two dollar, three dollar, or it can you know jump up to whatever that person deems Sold they would 30 be, be willing to pay for that plant. Yeah. Um, and then after the time limit or whatever, that is how much the plant actually goes for. Yeah, I feel like I want to back up like slightly and sure. just like because when I was selling plants super actively for the last, we're really starting in twenty twenty and then moving all the way through twenty twenty two. It was like okay, we're we're doing this every at least once a month almost probably between once a month and once every two months i had was doing some kind of major sale where i'm just taking a hundred photos of different plants and like posting them all and pricing them and everything now are you constantly having things on etsy but but during this time period like i was trying to explain because my mom's really into plants and she she does sales and she'll like have like garage sales or she'll have people over like she'll sell send out invitations and like sell things or sell plants or like sell antiques and i was trying to explain to her like how 
I'm selling things online. And she was just so like confused and simultaneously like amazed by what's possible. Mm -hmm. And so like just hearing you, Christine, describe your freebie sale on Facebook, it makes me feel like we have to think about how crazy it is that we have so many different ways of selling online, not just Facebook, but we have Etsy, we have Reddit, we have all of these... Craigslist. Right. If you decide to make your own website and sell off that way. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So sell on Instagram. And then there's all these different rules, like on all the different platforms and all the different Facebook groups, they have their own set of rules as like what's allowed when you're selling plants and what's not allowed. You can only have three active sales at one time. Yeah. Or like just (laughs) (laughs) That's one of our local group's rules. It's dumb Mm. as balls. But also, who's having three active sales going on? Just put it on one post. Just put it on one post. Why? Sounds like a nightmare. I know. That's why I left. Yeah. I just remember, like, from the plant sales that I do, especially the Facebook ones, that it's like, it usually is like very feverish, like, process where I'm just like posting as fast as I can, whipping up prices. Like, I have all the photos ready to go, and. I'm trying to respond to comments at the same time as I'm posting things in the co- posting photos and prices in the comments and people are commenting. It's just like it's a mess. My Do phone, you, sorry, finish. My, my phone's Facebook app would just randomly crash. Yeah. While I was trying to do this. And um, yeah. Do you normally price stuff out before you post or like is it as you're posting the comment you're determining the price? I usually think of it. I usually think about it when I'm taking photos. So I'm like, I I like to take good, I try to take good, well-lit photos of Mm -hmm. all the plants that I want to sell well in advance and just go through the photo, like go through this crazy camera roll and just like delete out all the ones that are blurry or like pick the best shots for each plant that I'm going to be selling because the photos make a huge difference. Yeah, it'll sell a plant or not. Right, right. Um... So during that phase, I'll usually go and I'll get a ballpark in my head of what price I want or would be willing to accept. But then sometimes like I can just tell based on the vibe of the sale, like when people are commenting sold on things or not, where my prices are in relation to where they should be, if that makes sense. So doing those real time Facebook sales, Mm -hmm. you can kind of get a feel for the energy of the the group and you're talking one where you've maybe posted ahead of time i am going to be purging at seven o'clock tonight so it's more of that live reaction kind of thing exactly yeah yeah so that's that was pretty much my only that was that was my strategy for posting plants on facebook and then occasionally for the really big ones i would just like do a single post for like one or two large plants and be like these are left over uh you know, if anybody's interested, and then that would sometimes work to sell leftover large plants that had just been hidden in the comments, mm-hmm. you know, kind of buried in the comments. Yeah, you're drawing attention to mm-hmm. them. So. How do you know what to price plants at? Like, where do you get these numbers? I don't know. I just look into the, look in the group. And Etsy. S- yeah, Etsy is a good one. I usually, like, I'll check the Facebook groups to kind of see where the low end for the local buyers are looking like. And then I'll go to Etsy and see what, like, the outrageous prices are. 
because Etsy sellers are selling stuff for quote unquote market value, if not more. And then I kind of determine between there mm-hmm. where I should land. Um, I usually like to, my mindset is the lower I price stuff, the faster it's going to get out the door. So I usually try to put stuff lower than what you would see. Um, even in the Facebook group sometimes, mm-hmm. i.e. a $25 monster elbow, even though it's low variegation. Um, someone's going to want it. Someone's going to want it. Someone's going to want to try and take a chance on it and go from there. Now's a good time to bring up the handy dandy search feature in the Facebook group. All you got to do is just type in whatever plant you're looking for and usually sale. And then you can search all the times people post about that plant with the word sale in the last couple years. Definitely pay attention to the dates stuff was mm-hmm. posted because 2020, 2021, 2022 prices are not necessarily going to be what they're currently selling for around here. And time of year is a big thing too. Oh god! Right, right you can't now, sell anything at the end of August. No, nope. when everyone's <laughs> bringing their plants back inside, they don't want to take on any more than what they are because they get overwhelmed when they yeah. see that I now have to bring in the fifty plants I put outside. Over yeah, they're the like, summer. we don't have room for all the plants we bought this. But summer. right now is a perfect time because everyone's put stuff outside mm-hmm. and they have empty shelves and they feel like they need to fill them. Yep. Another time I find people don't buy plants is March. Yeah. People I, are overwhelmed with winter and shit and sick of all of that mm-hmm. so they're just not buying i feel like i've been able to like i feel like i've been able to have really successful sales randomly throughout the year and then other times they f- fall flat oh yeah and sure. i don't i haven't found that it corresponds with fall or spring or summer or winter uh but that's just been on mostly on facebook and you're uh, still doing the facebook um purges the sales yeah well, and that's what i'm talking about yeah. with this um but i mean talking but talking about how to choose prices for plants it's we have to just mention like the fact that plants have been so the prices have been extremely volatile yeah like the especially with the things that are trending like it's just astronomical like the um the caramel marble philodendron, the Burl Marks flame phil- uh, Mon- monstera, uh, like some of those when you first started seeing them available were like thousands of dollars. $4,000. Yeah, $4,000 or $10,000. And then now I know at least with the Burl Marks flame, maybe $100, $200. Are they down that far already? Are they? Have you guys seen any for sale? That's no. Maybe that one baby that that one guy was selling. Oh, maybe for one seventy. Oh, it was one seventy five because Jen wanted to get it. Hmm. It was a little baby. The point. The point is, like, you can find them. So just, and that's within a year, like Mm -hmm. within a span of a year, and sometimes Mm -hmm. less that those prices change. And I I feel like the oblique is a huge example of that too, where it was just like unattainable, and then it was just like, oh, I'm giving away nodes. I just don't want them. (laughs) You know. Uh, and it's weird how it will it will cycle too like you're talking about that like oblicas were extremely expensive and then people couldn't even give notes away and then i feel like it will naturally start to roll around again do you remember when everyone was obsessed with every kind of syngonium yeah now it's like eh, whatever it's a milk confetti cool yeah there was i guess my specific example for this was hoya kadata sumatra when they were like 
hundred, $120 plus for like a three node plant. Tiny, not like vined or anything, just like a little guy. Um, it seemed like no one was buying them. So, it, you know, it started to come around. I got mine for $8 in a, in one of the Lost in Forest purges. And by the time I've started to grow mine out again, they're, they're back now. They're, it's like $70 for a plant of it. And I'm like, well, man, I should probably you start. cutting and selling? I need to start selling it. Or oh, consider currently s- that's the prices? Mm-hmm. Get I going need to consider on, on selling it. There's yeah. money to be made. Yep. Yeah. Um, a handy feature that I, I, so I used to work at a camera store and we would buy and sell used gear. Um, if we came across a piece uh, to look up what they're currently going for in order to buy it off the person who brought it in we look up sold listings on ebay i do that with Mm -hmm. plants all the time i'll type in exactly the plant i'm looking for cutting full plant whatever um and then you go into like the little filters and you go you have to click usa only and then click sold listings and then you can look through what's sold recently and the date too yeah and then you can see what's selling for what prices and then, you know, sometimes those listings are screwy because they have a nice profile picture, but then you click on it and it's like this wimpy ass little fucking plant. Etsy so, does that too. They'll use like, oh, a, like a really beautiful photo of the mother plant and then you'll click on it and there'll be like these wimpy little Starter props. Starter plant. Yeah. Yeah. $70. Yeah. Um, but no, absolutely. I love that. I forgot that I've used that too, especially yeah. pricing out larger or more um, like uh, commercially rare plants that mm-hmm. i'm like oh i have a variegated uh bipinifolium or something and i'm and i'm wondering what the heck it could be it's selling at like what are right. people actually not just what it's listed at on etsy what are people actually purchasing this for right. in yeah. the united yeah. states from a u.s and you buyer? can't do that in etsy etsy is just like this is my wish list price and you'll yeah. pay it if you have to but right don't base everything on that i would say more often than not what i end up actually doing as far as prices go is i think what did i what did i pay for this thing and then there was someone in facebook that had said i can't remember who specifically said it but they said i look at the price i paid for the plant and i sell it for half oh yeah and if i sell two of those i have now made the money back on the plant and everything from there is yeah see i'm greedy and I'm like, what's the most I can get by this plant? I mean, and, like, and there, there are days it. where I'm like, all right, nah, I'm selling this thing for well, stupid depends, money. Yeah, it depends on how bad you want to get rid of it. Like, you had all those extra Hoya props, and she's out here selling three nodes of Hoya Hoskiliana Variegata for 10 bucks. Because no one wanted them. <laughs> no one wanted them. Yeah. Ugh. I think, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, that might work for that person selling right. selling the plant for 50% of what they got it at. But what I've found is that in the plant selling journey for, that I've had, it's been, okay, I bought a variegated, I imported this plant and I, it took me too long to propagate it and now I can't find anyone to buy a piece of it. But I've got all these other plants that I've traded for or that I've found great deals on and I have dozens of them. And you know what? I just sold enough of those to make up for that really expensive yep. one that I imported. And then I was barely able to make half of the money back that I spent on it. Which plant was that? I'm thinking about the maybe the Green Congo variegata, the variegated billetier, where those ones just have really tight internode space. And I wasn't able to propagate them fast enough and make the money back that i spent on them but at the same time i was propagating like dozens of 
dozens and dozens of Piper crocodums. Right. <laughs> and I was selling them for $30, $40 each. Right. And suddenly I had more money than I... So it's like the ones that I never... And I got that Piper crocodum in a trade years ago, you know, uh, and... I didn't. I don't even remember what I traded for it. Um, so it's like those sort of unexpected plants. When 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 I was selling more more frequently, I found that more often than not, that would be what made up the difference. Not like banking on selling something for the price that I got it for, or half the price that I got it for, but just selling it for what I could when I was able to feel comfortable getting rid of it and then relying on other plants, more reliable propagations that I can make more of that I was able to sell and make the money back that way. I do feel like we should probably have a little bit of a disclaimer. Like the purpose of this episode is not to be like, go out and start selling all your plants and, you know, making this a source of income. This is not like a get rich quick kind of scheme like i could see where someone might be listening thinking oh wow if he sold the plants by like that and christine sold like plants by that. like no 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 <laughs> this is something we are doing to try and supplement the amount of money we have put into plants as well we're trying to get a little bit of a return on our investments or for me specifically this is how i fund getting more plants this mm-hmm. is by no means a source of income or is it a like the plants have to pay their rent? Yes, it is getting their dues <laughs> taken mm. care of. Um, I so on the topic of pricing plants, I want to. I somebody brought up in one of the Facebook groups that there's a website out there you can go to, and I'm not gonna. I don't remember what it is, but I, even if I did, I wouldn't tell you because it was trash. Is it like a Kelly Blue Book <laughs> for plants? Yeah, that's what it wanted to be. And I looked at it, and they were like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize my painted lady was worth so much." And I was like, "I have a." big painted lady what's it worth and they was like 40 bucks and i was like "Mm, they're not worth this and i looked up a couple other like semi-common stuff and i was like yeah no like maybe if you live in a remote part of the country where you cannot get that plant sure good price here in the twin cities in minnesota no one's selling painted ladies for 30 dollars unless it's big but all you see is those wimpy ass little Mm. tiny guys with low variegation so and ultimately it's it's what the plant's worth to eat worth mm-hmm. to you too so if if you see a painted lady for thirty dollars and you want to pay the thirty dollars to get that in your collection go for it sure but like the point of the website is to like give you an idea of what right. plants are going for but like, it's, it's the, the thought is there the yeah. thought is there absolutely uh in reality just the algorithm that puts the listings in the app is just not correct and right. so and the reality that. is that the volatility in the plant markets is like it makes it so that some people who aren't who don't have their finger on the pulse they're going to go to a nursery and they're going to pay $150, $150 for a painted lady. Yep. And they're going to be happy. Uh, you know, they're going to be happy. It'll be if they're happy, basket. it doesn't matter. You know what? As long as, yep, as long as they don't start then thinking about, oh, I want to sell this now for and I'm going to try to sell it on Facebook. So it's just, it can be frustrating. It can be frustrating and it can also just be like, you know, each person has their own, uh, you know, budget and willingness to spend, and they have their own aesthetic. And so, if they want to pay more for that plant, then they're totally welcome to. But for pricing plants, I just I end up paying way too much attention to local plant groups, and so I can just tell you the current price of anything. Just pull it out of my butt right now. Yeah. Just because I pay too much attention and I remember dumb shit like that, but I can't remember what I did this weekend. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. So have you guys had experience shipping? Shipping plants? Yeah. Have either of you done? I've only that? shipped two things so far. I, I'm still kind of nervous about the whole shipping game. Okay. Which two things have you shipped? I have shipped a oh, Raffidora Hayei. Okay. Um, and then I, sh- I shipped a bunch of Hoya cuttings. I mean, that's easy. Hoya cuttings. Throw oh, them did in you a, get those out the other day? Yep. Throw them in a Ziploc bag with a wet paper towel, send yeah. them off. That's easy. Was the Hayei successful? It was successful. Okay. I was, that wasn't, that was a nervous one too of like, that was in soil and like getting the, you know, I, I did pull it out of the pot and, but didn't wash off the roots. You know, it's that whole microbiome. You want to keep some of that with the plant when you're sending yeah. it off. Um, especially if it's going to be going into brand new soil that it, you know, it doesn't know and wrapping it and rolling it and making sure it's cushioned. Totally. Yeah. I found, I found that things in LECA are cuttings yes. are like way easier to ship because the LECA just falls right off the roots and then noodles. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Send I, your ramen away. Yeah, exactly. And I can just, th- you know, wrap it in sphagnum or like keep in a wet paper towel and wrap it up that and i've way. only ever shipped in summer have you shipped in winter i've shipped year round yeah, yeah. That, that's another beast that like i'm i'm nervous to yeah. not only buy but to send something out in the winter and sure. have a little yeah. bit of a guarantee on it and was the hay if you was the hay i that was successful summer. yep successful you like made it to its destination yep. mm. how about you caitlin have you shipped many yeah i've shipped a bunch of plants to friends um it's all about packing them in nice and tight so nothing shifts taping stuff to the box um I forget who, which person I sent it to, but they had some sweet, sweet props for me and how I packed it and everything got there safe. And I sent Brandon's sister her plants when she moved to grad school out in Arizona. She left her plants with me. I had them for a little bit while she got settled and then I mailed them out to her. <laughs> Only lost a pot in the process, but yeah. those are plants in soil, in pots. Yeah. yeah. I would say soil plants are a little trickier. It's heavier, bulkier. Yeah. When I was able to, like, there's a sweet spot, especially for for aeroids, but really for anything where it's just like, if it's just the right size, like it's a rooted growing plant, but it's not a giant, you know, totem or something. Uh, those are the easiest, especially when I was growing them in like, and that's what I think, honestly, when I was selling so much and shipping on, I had an Etsy shop, like an active Etsy shop. That was another incentive for me to grow and propagate using hydroponics rather than soil or even even sphagnum moss mm-hmm. just because the leka comes off and then I have less weight to ship and I have something that's easier to fit into a standard size box. Um, but yeah, just I would wrap almost I would exclusively wrap things roots with paper towel like wet paper towel and then a ziploc around the wet paper towel to keep mm-hmm. the moisture locked in but just around the towel not around the plant right not around the foliage um and then bubble wrap like fold bubble wrap is and flatten the leaves as best i can see for me that's also plastic and i'm gonna wrap it in paper instead because right. i want that foliage to be able to breathe and not get too hot or anything yeah yeah i mean i've i've had plenty of success using bubble wrap just right around the foliage i've also had success using paper do you use polyfill um is that like the cottony the fluff it's 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 plastic i've never bought any i've just reused polyfill that was sent to me yeah uh, buying polyfill is kind of a necessary evil so 
save it when you get it. Don't try not to buy it. But that is yeah. my favorite thing to pack plants with. Because you can put it on top of the soil so and then tape it down so that the soil doesn't come out. You can use it to fold around the leaves. Mm-hmm. And then you roll the whole thing up like a burrito yeah. so that the foliage doesn't get crushed. Um, yeah, it's great. Horrible for the environment, but great for packing and shipping plants. And as someone who, as a buyer and a seller, I think, for me personally, two-day shipping is key. Oh, absolutely. You definitely don't want to be doing like five to seven-day ground no. Um don't, if, don't don't save the money, just do it. If you have the budget to spend on overnight shipping, you can do that too, but especially, not always necessary. Especially if you're spending over $100 or something on a plant. Like over yeah. a certain amount, it's just like... Spend just the $15 for two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, do it because... Throw the $5 heat pack in. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Get a heat winter. pack. We live like, in Minnesota. If you order anything in winter without a heat pack, you're a dumbass. Yeah. There, <laughs> set it. This is true. I mean, yeah, I was even, and that's something you have to think about if you're selling in particular out of a cold climate, even if the person that's buying the plant. If you're selling in a warm climate and you're shipping it to someone in a cold climate, that's where they really don't know. Right. You got to have communication. So if, uh, you know, if there's not clear lines of communication with uh, the buyer slash seller, like that's a, that should be a warning, a warning sign. So things like, Hey, can you throw a heat pack in? Or, Hey, up here, it's negative 30 for the next five days, but there's a nice warm spot in next week. Can you ship then? Exactly. Or, hey, I'm shipping from Minnesota. Do you mind if I wait until we're right. not, until we're in a much more, you know, temperate Or even I'm going to ship patch. on Monday instead of Friday, so it's not sitting over mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, we're talking about shipping plants, but can I throw this back to buying plants locally in the winter? If you're in a cold yeah. climate, bag that fucking thing up. Do mm. not hand me my plant in an open air paper bag. Yeah. Are you stupid? Yeah. And like, I've, that's another thing you think people would know. You'd think they would know to put it in a closed container so the warm air can envelop the plant for the, you know, minute it's going to be outside. I've had established sellers locally just hand me shit in a bag that's not tied up. And I'm just like, oh my God, if this dies, I'm going to murder your children. I did not <laughs> just say that. That's now but forever. Like, oh. And if you, you, you can't just assume they know you need to actually like have that conversation with them, bring it up and like, you know, don't be like, Hey, you know, uh, just, just that politely, happened. politely ask and discuss, yeah. put it in paper or plastic bag, tie it up, hand it to me that way. Great. That happened to me. But they just don't know automatically. Kind of like this year yet with a relatively known seller. I bought a Hoya for like $50 and was it was handed to me on a 40 degree day, completely like bare, like, here you go. And I, was I mean, like, that's not as bad as like eight. No, I've, I've had the eight. But yeah. it was one of those things like as I'm walking up to the door and sh- she's handing it to me, I'm like, no bag? Yeah, right. Red flag. You like, you should know like what happens now if I get home and it's got cold damage, mm-hmm. like, and that can roll right into like responsibilities of a seller. Like yeah. what, what, what happens now that mm-hmm. you have, you were neglectful and handed me over a plant that's potentially going to get cold damage on my end when i'm selling i I sell plants out of my house year round um and i save all of my packing material and extra paper or plastic bags paper bags anything i can reuse to pack a plant i'm saving that's me too i've never shelf downstairs with shit on it and i have two totes full of packing material and i put all my boxes down there so like if you buy a plant for me in winter i'm gonna bag it up box it up it's going to be protected and i it's not going to shift around in your car while you drive because that is another pet peeve of mine too so i'm going to take care of you as a seller yeah i think that goes into like being a respectful seller like i was always i was first of all i never bought any bags or any 
packing materials. I just always found them for free or found ways to reuse. Or Yeah, you're big on that for everything planting. Yeah, I don't even buy pots. Uh, right. I just ask and for, for p- pots that people don't want, and I get recycled plastic pots from local nurseries everything like that yogurt containers yo i recycle all as much plastic as i can Mm -hmm. for my growing hydroponically yeah so the same goes for selling i sold you know hundreds of plants out of my home in the last few years and i always in the winter i did plenty of plant sales and i didn't give out my address most of the time i just give people a parking it was kind of goes back to the like i just didn't want to for privacy reasons to mm-hmm. reveal my address to everybody um given the scale of what i was growing and how f- much i was selling at a certain point uh so i would run the plants out through the alleyway out through the garage through the alleyway to the to the street like mm-hmm. a few houses down so i had to make sure that the plants were insulated well enough to make it from my house through the garage out the alley and down to that person's car uh, so it was a lot of like, you know, put it in a plastic bag, seal it, put it inside of a paper bag and staple that. Wow. That's um, extra. Yeah. So like that kind that's of thing, what I usually do too. but it was like, but we're dealing with Minnesota winters when mm-hmm. it's, oh, if it know, gets really cold, five, yeah, sure. eight degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, that's, I mean, part of that is being a responsible seller and I never had any issues with cold damage selling handing it to somebody i really think that that was that's my favorite way to sell is just being able to hand a plant directly to a person um and then it's just there's no question of shipping damage or like hey this doesn't look good when i unpacked it from its box um yeah so now what happens if someone hands you a plant and there's pests on it when you're buying it you say there's pests on this place. Excuse me, sir. You do? <laughs> yeah. Ding dong. Knock, knock. Uh, yeah. Well, what else? I mean, yeah, I think. What if you don't notice till you get home? I don't think I've ever. I don't know if I have an experience with to like be able to talk on that. Mm. I, well, either what way. What should you do? What should either you do? Either way. Like my, I mean, as a seller, that is one of my worst fears is that I'm going to hand you off a plant. You're going to get home and be like, there's, there's mealybugs on this. Oh yeah. I'm not trying to give anybody pests. Um, I'm like, that is, and, <laughs> and that is like, yeah, that like, not that I'm like terrified because what do I do? Like I'm prepared to be like, I am so sorry. Let me give you something back. Can you want to bring it back? And you know, any of that crap. You can have my firstborn. Um, but <laughs> if, if I were to have bought a plant from someone locally specifically and, get home and it's covered in spider mites or you know the dreaded flat mites on hoyas or something like holy cow that, that is a huge undertaking that i'm about to be going into that i wasn't expecting paid money for this expecting plant. to go into so yeah i i don't think i would be mean by any means but i will definitely be contacting you know the person i bought from said so not only as a hey you know you sold me this but also check your own collection because mm-hmm. this could be a huge yeah thing. i did that i bought a like a $12 mayo cutting or something uh, from a lady and I got it home. I looked at it and I was like, mm, this is wedding. And like, I wasn't mad. It's not like it was infested. It was just, a, actually, I think it was a small plant, but whatever. Um, I messaged her. I was like, hey, I saw webbing. I haven't seen any insects moving around. Like, just double check where this was at and what's next to it. And the lady was like, oh, shit. I have to go check my whole entire greenhouse. I was like, oh, no. And she ended up just sending me my money back for the right. plant because she felt bad. And she was like, just throw it away. And I was like, 
No, I'll treat it. <laughs> yeah. I like the free plant. Yeah. So I, it, I, I appreciate her being upfront and honest and she, you know, didn't even like question me. She wasn't like, there's no way they can have spider bites. <laughs> I said, my stuff doesn't have pests when I listed it for sale. It was like, just none of that. She just owned up to it and, you know, was just like, did the right thing. Send me my money back and we went on our way and it was fine. Ten, five five stars. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> I always, I mean, I have definitely sold plants to people and then had them later be like, you know what, or have them contact me within a day or something and be like, hey, I, you know, I found spider mites or I'm seeing something on this and I'll either refund them. I'll offer them choices. Usually I'll be like, I can refund you. But, uh, but do you usually, ask for proof? Yeah, I, I would okay. ask to see photos. Yeah. Um, and or if someone if it was like a really expensive plant i would prefer to i'll come pick it up like i'll oh, yeah. i'll give you your money back and you can return it to i'll me. treat it yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take care of it yeah um that was usually my first option and be like i'm so sorry like i can give you a cutting or something or even take a partial refund and and i'll just treat the plant myself mm. and um like it's impossible to avoid if you're selling a high volume of plants you're growing a high volume of plants. You can do your best with proactive pest treatments, inter- integrated pest control. There's going to be pests on the on the collection somewhere somewhere along the line. Um, and I tr- even I would do go so far as to just like spray everything. Uh, you know, leading, oh, you've sprayed plants le- that you've given me before. You leading let me take up them to home. a sale, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. I, I kind of go into a little harder pest control regimen when i know i'm actively going to be trying to get rid of something sure. but i think as a buyer as well i would be i would be what would be i would be tolerant of somebody selling me a plant that had maybe a minor pest infestation because that's just the reality of growing plants i would definitely let the person know depending on the severity of damage or infestation i would ask for a refund or a return but I wouldn't fly off the handle because that's right. just... It's rude. It's inconsiderate. Yeah. And it's not... Uh, it doesn't It doesn't hold up the reality of what a lot of people do selling plants and growing plants and gardening in general. You're right. just dealing with bugs. You know, yeah. that's just part of it. So now what if this is something that I see a lot of people doing lately when they're selling is they say no pests to my knowledge. And then I have personally had two friends pick up plants with that disclaimer that were infested with mealy bugs. I think the other one was... Um, it was flat mites, spider mites. Yeah, there was there was flat mites, there was mealy bugs, and then whatever Bailey got recently on her 69686, which I think was spider mites. I, I, I think a no pest to my knowledge is not a safety blanket. Yeah. Um. I think that again rolls into being a responsible seller. You 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 should be taking the time and going through and looking at your stuff as best as you can, right? And and I know like plants like pests pests are going to happen, but, but these, if you these have are a, a monstera laniata covered in mealy bugs, these are, these are did extreme you not examples. look at this plant when you went to sell it and post pictures of it? Right, like it was that obvious. So I think what people can take away from this, like part of this conversation would be sellers have a certain level of responsibility to check their plants, be upfront and then be willing to work with buyers that discover pests that they truly didn't know existed. And at the same time, 
buyers have a level of responsibility yeah. to check the plants that they're bringing into their home, check the plants that they're bringing into their collection. Before they interact with the other collection. Right. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I mean... Be, and be willing to treat plants that have mild infect infestations and be tolerant and also be polite if they're interacting with a seller that genuinely didn't know that the plant had pests, but also be insistent if the plant is like badly infested and, you know, be a willing to say like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be transparent to, uh, publicly. Like if you're not willing to work with me, on a plant that you sold me that is clearly badly damaged or badly infested with plants. So that kind of thing. So I feel like there's just this give and take and there has to be respect from both parties. Yes. Yeah. But uh, this, but I think uh, again, like I, the examples that Kayla and I are specifically, I think attuning to is the seller wanted no responsibility for it. And like, we're talking, we were sending photo, not we, the parties were sending photos within four hours yeah. of buying said plants and have spent a few hundred dollars and given this person money and they were just like, no. Yeah. That's, There's that's no way this could have bugs. That's absolutely not mine. And Right. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, there, you have to be like, you have to be responsive as a seller. If mm -hmm. somebody like is sending you photos, just paid you money and especially within that period of time, like if it's the same day you bought something. But I think this could lead into like, just like, etiquette like buying and selling etiquette right. and um something we wanted to cover was also talking about like with this online just explosion in the online like plant selling business markets and the explosion in the plants that are available and the explosion of the number of sellers um the, the number of hobbyist growers that are now selling is just i think it's growing exponentially um and we wanted to discuss ghosting we wanted to discuss which is like when you're buying plants online and you come like the etiquette is you comment sold and that is a commitment that you are going to pay for that plant and pick up that plant as long as there's no you know clear you know as long as there's no good excuses not to and this is buying a plant in the purge or a plant sale typically on a facebook group versus just checking out yeah i mean like i got a card right right yeah, right yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah oh sorry brain fart <laughs> <laughs> yep this so yeah i mean we're talking like etsy a website whatever at that point you have you have also handed over a you know a payment but in specifically like a facebook and i don't have read it is like this kind of like where you have to comment that you intend to buy this thing and now you have to take the next step of actually making a transaction right like co coordinating and scheduling pickup and actually showing up for pickup there's multiple types of ghosting you can say sold you can then not like um, reach out reach out to the seller and say hey i commented sold here's a screenshot of my sold comment i think that's an excellent point um it is the buyer's responsibility to reach out to the seller to then establish a pickup or meetup situation the seller is usually dealing with dozens if not you know 50 60 people who are buying stuff from them so 
they have a lot of crap they're trying to filter through and it's the own headache of like, okay, now I got to write down who's got this, got this, got this. Exactly. So it is your responsibility as a buyer to then reach out to the person that you are intending to buy the plan from. I think the whole, hmm, maybe this isn't true, but like that's been one of such a major source of drama in our local houseplant group here in the Twin Cities, like Minnesota Houseplant Collective, I think. Or just, Shout out. Just like the other, within any of the local groups i feel like anytime they get large enough one of the largest points of contention is oh there's there are people that are ghosting people Mm -hmm. are ghosting and it's disrespectful for those those listeners out there who maybe don't sell plants it's disrespectful not only like you said christine because buyers are probably juggling a lot of things at once when they're hosting a plant sale but also because other people then might not correct will probably not try to buy the plant they're, because yeah, if they, they, they see that the, anything, if yeah. they see that it's sold they're not going to be saying sold um so it takes away from the seller's ability to sell the plant because you know it's taking away the plant from other buyers basically mm-hmm. so even though you haven't committed to it even though you're publicly committing to it yeah. so so you brought up the first level of ghosting where you don't reach out to the seller. Yeah. Second level of ghosting is you never pay for said plant, even if you have, say you've messaged the seller saying, hey, this is me. Here's my screenshot. I'm, I'm planning on buying this. And then you never actually buy said plant. Mm-hmm. And then the third level is, this is the weird one. It's happened to me. You skip out on pickup. Quite a, quite a few times. You've, you've paid for the plant <laughs> and now you won't come get it. <laughs> yeah. Grow my plant for me for two more months. Right. Yeah, that's that that can be out of control. And then and that's you know, I've I've had it where I've sold to people who are outside of the cities and they're like, I won't be here till next weekend. Can you hold? I'll pay for hold. That's fine. Absolutely that's okay. As but long if, as they have a date. Yep. If you have me yeah, or even a rough idea of I need a date for me. <laughs> I need to know what I'm a little more coming. lenient, but but there are ones that are I'm gonna send you the money right now before I forget and then I don't hear for them for days. Yeah. Like, do you still want this? I mean, that's a good situation because you got the money and you still have the plant. But now I've sold a plant for $5 and it's growing under my conditions and mm. getting bigger and more beautiful. See, then at that yeah. point, you just ghost the other person and sell it to somebody no. else. Just kidding. No, don't do no, that. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, but there's another situation, right? There's the situation where someone comments sold, schedules a time to pick it up and says, I'll pay cash mm-hmm. when, I, when I'm there to pick it up. That too. And then the day rolls around and you message them. And you always you're have like, hey, you still coming them. at 6 p.m. today? It's Tuesday. Like, are you still coming by? And they don't say anything. Right. Nothing. And then the next day goes by. Maybe they still don't say anything. And then the next day they're like, you're like, hey, like, I, I love still it got they- your plant. There might be somebody else that wants this. Like, are you going to you gonna come by? I love it when they see your message. Don't respond. Yeah. So there, there, there are those. And those are the ones that really irritate me. It's like. You scheduled the time to pick this up. You commented sold. You haven't paid me on Venmo or PayPal. And now I'm sitting here because you scheduled the time and I'm, I'm, I could be doing something else with my time, but instead I'm, I have your plant bagged up, ready to go. Right. And I'm waiting for you, you know, show up. And that's, I mean, two, two things to jump off of there is it's, yes, we will be annoyed, but if you no longer intend to actually purchase the plant, just tell us. So that we can then repost it and try and, you know, salvage a little something out there. Or we go to the sold next person if there was a sold next mm-hmm. situation. But also, I you know, I work for high, with high schoolers and I tell them all the time, you cannot communicate enough with me. So 
I think you had a, a buyer like get a flat tire on the way to your house once, Kaylin, or maybe it was the other way around. Yeah, it was my car. <laughs> yeah, or it was the other way around. Like, I, life happens. Oh. We get it. Like, please just, you know, take take the 30 seconds to say, this happened. I'm really sorry. I, I will message you when I'm available kind of thing. Like In my case, it was I was on the way to meet the buyer on my way to a plant swap, and I had to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. My car, I have to pull over i'm in this hotel parking lot i was like i'm seven minutes away if you want to come down here and she was like okay that's fine yeah and she met me and she's like i hope you figure out your car and brandon showed up and we switched cars and he took my this home why i'm and... selling plants so yeah and then i was like i was on the way to a plant swap with brandon's sister and i'm like brandon come get us <laughs> <laughs> come get us oh man well yeah i think there's so much like there's literally so much to consider when it comes to selling and buying plants and there's certainly people that turn it into their, their main source of income. There's people that do it just for a tiny little boost of their income or just to supplement their own plant buying or for me, supplement my trip to go do conservation. For me, it's because my plants are too big and I have to make them smaller. (laughs) So I cut them up and what do I do with these? I guess I'll make more plants. Yeah, that's probably the best the best situation to have. Yeah. <laughs> like, I uh, I so recently I had to put my doggo down, and I was able to pay for her whole end of life vet visit. Fuck, I can't even talk. End of life vet visit. Wow, that wasn't <laughs> right either. Oh my god, vet. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. <laughs> You're talking about. I'm know. trying to say vet visit. <laughs> You're talking Why about, was that so hard? I, I feel Ooh. like we sh- we should. You're talking about the end of. I'm not even tearing what? up. I'm laughing because I'm cr- I'm crying because I'm laughing because okay. I'm sad. I had a, my doggo was old. It was the end for her. I paid for her vet visit <laughs> with plants. I sold eight hundred dollars worth of plants. Paid for my dog's vet bill. Woohoo! Thank you. I mean, give, give, I mean, you sad, gave her a proper send off, though. I mean, yeah, but yeah, you, so, you know, thank you, Twin Cities Plant Community, for making that possible. So right. it, it can a lot easier on my wallet, and it can absolutely be like a positive experience. Selling plants can be a super positive, beneficial thing to do. You make friends. Yes, you can make friends. Shout out to Jen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You like others? I can't. There's countless people that have bought, have like bought plants from me from multiple sales over the years and those people have like i've developed relationships with people and they're wonderful and it's like they light up with excitement when i hand them a new plant that they have never tried and that's a great feeling so maybe we should kind of end on the on a higher note for this one i guess well your dog's death <laughs> not to say that your dog's death is a high note but I miss R.I.P. Roxy, but... <laughs> oh, my God, Adam. <laughs> you were trying so hard, and then you just failed so bad. Oh, okay. Um, all right. Moving right This along. episode will be in memoriam of my dog, yeah. Roxy Wolf. <laughs> End episode. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Do we want to do, like, a plant of the week or a... I forgot about our plant of the week. You, oh, I usually pick my plant of the week on Sunday, and it is Tuesday. Who should... Be? I know my plant of the week. Do okay, I? Be Regal Shield. Oh, I do. Okay, you two go first. I'll think of it. <laughs> if you say Brevramosa. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, no. That's Adam's permanent plant of the week. All right, Adam's plant of the week. is Brevramosa. No, just a reminder, my dog died. Christine, what's your plant of the week? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
You guys, it's too late. <laughs> My brain is falling asleep. <laughs> so I plan to. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be my monster elbow. Just because I'll show you a picture, Adam. But okay. it's. Uh, I said at the beginning, I had five growth points. It's now two growth points. But it's just I picked the two sexiest growth points to combine into one big plant and it looks so nice and the penetrations on that is very beautiful and deep and the variegation on it is gorgeous and shout I'm out to kaylin who it. gave it to you yes thank you for giving it to me for free oh. <laughs> plant friends hashtag yeah. uh, i'm gonna say my plant of the week is regal shield because he is sitting right next to me on my left he just put out this giant leaf and i am happy to say how many small children is that what do you mean small children well you like to compare it in size of children oh dear lord it's at least like uh, a 10 year old if you count the pot, it's probably like a 13-year-old, 14-year-old. The leaf? No, no. Oh. I was talking. I thought you were talking about the whole plant. That's funny because right. in the previous size, episode, it was the You know, opposite. okay, you're asking me to compare this in size of children, and I am child-free for life, man. So I'm like, what this? Maybe one of those, like, oh, God, <laughs> eight-month-old. Oh, I hate it. Three-quarters of a year-old babies. <laughs> okay. She- it's it, it's probably the distance from the end of my fingertips to the middle of my what's this bone my bicep sure we'll go with muscle. <laughs> muscle i know i you don't know the bones things are escalating quickly this no that's why we don't record podcasts at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> i feel like we are all unraveling <laughs> Well, thank you, Regal Shield. Thank you, Monstera Albo. And thank you, as always, to the Brevermosa. (laughs) No, it's not the Brevermosa. I was just just doing a dance because, honestly, I love it. Is it a begonia? It's not a begonia. (gasps) Oh, you're epipronymous. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, because that, that, that is a is stunner. My epipronym panatum Albo Variegata is now the size of a small child, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I would say one leaf goes from, from the tip of my face. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, God. I get extra laughy when I get tired. It's okay. happening. <laughs> All right. The Thank point you. is, we got, a, we got a giant plant growing in my house, and it's my plant of the week. So... Woo, congratulations for plants photos of, of yes of yeah. of my epiprenum. Oh uh, yes. Uh, well, thank you everybody for tuning in and sticking with us through this episode of Rough Around the Hedges. Real rough. Woo. <laughs> today quite quite rough. We're yeah. putting the rough in the hedge. Until next time. <laughs> Stay rough. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, good night.